This is the EPLOG audio experience. Film is clearly a sophisticated art, possibly the most important art of the 20th century with a rather complex history of theory and practice, writes James Monaco in his book How to Read a Film. So far in our podcast The Artists we have had filmmakers writers critics programmers from some of the top film festivals musicians thinkers defining their combinatorial skills we at metaphysical lab have been striving to expand the realm of our podcast which in turn gives a wider uh, canvas to the understanding of our experiences and also we have tied up with epilog media the podcasting network so you can find us on their website epilogmedia/theartists and of course you can continue to listen to us on the platforms that you choose from apple podcast to spotify to geosavan to google podcast everything is mentioned in the description and of course you can reach us uh, on the whatsapp number and our email id i'm your host suchita and i'm looking forward to a wonderful journey ahead with all of you why do we eat cows and not zebras are you making a life or are you making a living what are you questioning bottom line hey guys welcome to the 96th episode of the artist podcast with me suchita and i'm so excited to introduce you to our guest for today ilet barrow ilet is a multi award winning author of the fuck the bucket list trilogy and our journey to corporate sanity forbes recognized her as one of the top female 50 global futurists she fired herself from a very successful career as a tech executive in the silicon valley to trek into the unknown find her at iletbaron.com Hi Alex welcome to a podcast the artist and thank you for joining in from Spain the beautiful city how is it going there Alex It's a beautiful sunny day today the ocean is very welcoming and I'm thrilled to be here with you <laughs> Lovely lovely I absolutely loved your write ups your pieces your blogs Alex and what pertinent points you have made and of course uh, you have been uh, the 50 female global futurist labeled by Vogue so I'm going to I'm going to start with a couple of questions that have come to my mind after a brief interaction with you uh, and of course the your perspective on the future of humanity i think which is very important that you have said that the systems that we have built the work and life they are laid on the foundations since 1911 so of course they no longer serve us when we are talking about 2021 and you have mentioned that how now in the present movement we need to get into a more conscious work and conscious personal life and that's where we are heading do you want to sort of define this a bit more in terms of the conscious how much penetration do you see that in today's world and in the next 5 years that's a great question and i think that many of us um don't realize the shifts that are happening because we're so tapped into the news or information that 
we don't take the time to really see what's going on. And a lot is going on. It's a really um, exciting time in human history. Many of us have come to the planet at this point uh, of time to really open up new doors and new possibilities. And I know for a lot of people, it's, it's, there's a lot of skepticism because if you turn on the news, you see just doom and gloom all the time and lots of fear. But um, my estimation is that we have um, most, of, most of the people on the planet um, just living their lives the way they were told to live, not questioning much and buying into the systems and trying to fix the world or save the world or make it better. And I, I don't think that's where many of us came to focus on. And I think there's about 7% of the 8 billion people on the planet right now scattered all over the world who have stepped out of that story and are creating um, healthy systems, systems that serve the vast majority of us, not the few, people that are not judging or shaming or blaming or complaining, but really stepping out um, and looking at what's possible and what we need. It's not separated from us. It's it's about the opportunity to really look out in the world and say, what, what did I come here to create? Why am I here? and find the other people um, that are doing similar things and um, creating what's possible. So um, I think that number will grow dramatically. I think the past couple of years with what we've been experiencing globally, more people have had um, time to not travel, to reflect and to look at different things. And the media right now and the buzz is all about the great resignation. And I believe it's not the great resignation that's happening right now, it's the great questioning. Mm. More and more people are questioning what's important in my life. Mm, that's beautiful. More and more people questioning what's important in my life. And you've also mentioned, Islet, that the change is coming from the edges. The change is coming from periphery. And of course, nobody pays attention to the edges in the periphery because everyone is focusing towards the core, the center of the human existence. So how would you define the edge? Where is the edge? So there's, you know, there's there are two timelines that are happening right now. There's the status quo, uh, which is where most people are. Um, 93% of the world population is part of the status quo. We're being told this is how things are. We're told, you know, different things, you know, as kids, we're, we're conditioned to believe certain things. We are told we have to go and get a great education and a job and we need more and more stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, and then there's huge suffering that's going on. Um, we've created a lot of, um, systems and machines of misery and suffering where more and more people who are on the edge are starting to question this and say, okay, what's, what's possible? Why does, why do things have to be this way? And it's really interesting. A lot of the young children that are being born right now as well, um, are asking different questions. So they'll say, well, why do we eat cows and we don't eat zebras? <laughs> and, you know, the parent or the authority figure says, well, that's just the way it is. And they're saying, well, no, but why is it this way? And so it's happening with young kids, but it's happening at all ages right now because people are saying, wait a second, I was told that, 
if I did this, I got a degree and I got a job and I did all this stuff, I would be happy and I'm not happy. I'm, I'm suffering and I can't just catch up. So people are taking a breath and looking at the edges. There are a lot of people right now, again, it depends. It's very personal. There's not a one size fits all. And it depends where you are in the world. But people are making more conscious choices about how they want to spend their life, what they purchase, what they consume, who they're with, um, where they work. Um, it's happening at the edges because most people are still looking at things and saying, oh my God, I have to pay these bills. I can't just step out and do something else. And then the people that are on the edge are saying, wait a second, do I need to live in this way? Mm. Can I make different choices? Mm. Um, and the edges are what is in your heart? What's important to you? You know, if you're, you know, one of the biggest polluters on the planet is the fashion industry. And so people are making different choices about the clothes they wear, who they buy clothes from. And then it's so exciting. There are people that are creating eco-friendly clothing and are looking um, with technology at really um, a different way to, to bring fashion to the world. And so it's, it's happening, but you won't hear about it if you turn on the regular news. But if you listen to your podcast, which is on the edge, <laughs> right here, yeah. um, you'll start hearing about things that are happening on the edge. Mm -hmm. True. And tell me, you, you, you're saying we've created systems that have created suffering and misery for us. So when we're talking about suffering, how do you think we, we landed up here? I think a lot of it is, you know, we, we actually created or inherited the systems and we don't question it. It's mm. like we're living in this giant house right now. Mm. And if we look at the foundation of the house, we could see that it's rotting. It's, mm. you know, there's, there's infestation, there's things falling apart. And then some people are saying, well, let me build another story. Let me build it another wing to the house. And there are other people that are saying, wait a second, life has cycles of life and death. Maybe what we've created doesn't serve us anymore. What can we step out and look and, and create? Because when you think about it, we don't know for sure who created us, mm, yes. <laughs> who created the sea. You know, we have a ton of theories. We've got lots of, um, lots of philosophies. We have lots of thinking, but you can't go to one source and say, this is how it happened. But we do know for sure who created business and who created cars or automobiles and who created city living and who created the health system. And so if we are such powerful creators, why can't we create machines and systems that serve us, that benefit us, that are healthy, that don't create suffering? Mm. Lovely. And of course, we are heading towards creating more eco-friendly uh, systems. But how much do you think is is the speed at which we are going? Do you think that we are going to be seeing drastic changes in the next five years? Because, of course, as we know, every system, if you're talking about you know, the climate, if, if you're talking about medication, if you're talking about education, everything is literally being questioned and they are breaking down. It depends again where 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 you sit. Mm -hmm. um, the big the biggest separation we have right now is from nature. Yeah. We especially in the Western culture, we forgot that we're just part of nature. We're not separate. 
And so we treat nature as, you know, we, we take the natural resources and, and we don't understand that if, if there's a, bo- a plastic bottle on a beach, um, it will disintegrate and it will become, it will go into the water and the fish will start eating it and then we'll be eating it. And we don't understand how connected everything is. And so becoming conscious means becoming aware of how connected we are and how things are connected. And there are amazing things happening around the world in education, um, from India to um, Austin, Texas. There are people that are, um, and a lot of things happening in in Latin America and just different parts, parts of the world in education. People are saying enough. And, you know, the biggest thing that we need are not like new systems of education, but what are we teaching? What, what are, what are kids learning about? You know, are they learning about their body? Are they learning about nature? Are they just reciting uh, information? And so the shifts that are taking place are, you know, the ability for us to have conversations not just to broadcast information. I mean, we don't really have um, social networks, um, like true social networks and communities yet, because they're all built on advertising and broadcasting models. Mm. Yes, that, that's, that's a great point. And of course, you also mentioned that uh, it's more about making a life and less about making a living as we move forward. Absolutely. Um, I co-authored an article with Professor Jamie Anderson, um, I think more than 15 years ago, maybe, in the London Business School um, Journal. And we were talking about becoming lifeaholics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, (laughs) being a futurist, you tend to be ahead of your times. Mm -hmm. So um, it is about making the life choices. It's about, and this is what we're seeing right now, is people are questioning why, why do I need to make a living when I don't have a life? I mean, think about all the people that used to be traveling all the time. And with the pandemic hit, all of a sudden, everybody's at home. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. Yes. And, and life totally changes. And so you start asking, what is it that I need? I mean, if you look at indigenous wisdom, mm. it teaches you to ask uh, questions like, what is my enough? And am I taking just what I need? And so when you start asking yourself different questions, your whole life shifts. And so when you don't look at it as I'm going to be a worker, you know, I wish we ask kids, what do you love? What do you want to create? Not what do you want to be when you grow up? Because we're we're preparing everybody to be, you know, workers Mm. (laughs) instead of instead of preparing us to have like a beautiful life. I mean, we live on this unbelievably beautiful planet. It's it, it provides it has everything we need. Um, but it's not equally distributed. Hmm. Alex, you're talking about leaders and leading from the heart, aligned with the mind. And do you see that we have enough leaders right now who are leading from the heart, which is aligned to the mind? Uh, do you see that they need to be trained in the next com- coming couple of years for the world to become a better place? And do you think this is something that can be trained so in the mainstream, my answer is no. Mm. But to me, we, you know, we've been having a leadership crisis for the last yeah. 30 years. Mm. I mean, and it's global. It's in every, it's in every, whether it's, it's, it's in the public sector or every sector, 
you know, people can't name who the leaders are today. And I think it's a huge opportunity. It's actually exciting because in my books and in my work, I help people step into our power and say, leadership is not outside ourselves. You need to become the leader that you want to be in the world and lead your own life, even if it's just leading a healthy life for yourself. And then looking at it, you know, we, we've really um, looked at the mind as, as everything. And, um, you know, the kids, the kids that care are empathetic are the ones that usually get bullied. <laughs> mm, um, yes. and, and, and not just kids. I mean, even, even um, at all ages, you know, we, we value it. And there's a lot of new age uh, gurus who say, oh, my God, this is the time when we go from the mind to the heart. And I call bullshit on it <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's time to align your mind with your heart mm. and listen to the whispers of your heart. And so the leadership that comes from the heart is the conscious leadership of understanding why are you in business? What are you creating? Are you creating shared purpose? Is there alignment? Do you have a holistic strategy of how you're going to market and what you're providing? And are you building community? And so again, this is not in the mainstream right now where you know productivity and profitability and growth are the main um, metrics. Um, you won't find a lot of heart in there, you know, because they, they have like a separate department called corporate social responsibility, where in essence, we should not have a, 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 a separate department. We should be corporate, corporate responsible in what we do. Mm. And, and so until we become whole and, 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 and kind of marry these divisions, um, we're not going to get there. And I think the, the training is, is really the ability to understand that there's a different way of doing things. And I think a really practical way of doing it is, is coming into companies and organizations and helping them really understand what they're trying to create in the world and bring the employees, the customers, the communities around it together and really have a heart. I think, I think we're going to, we are seeing it mostly in small businesses and in, um, there's a real kind of gap when a company goes from medium to, to large, this is where we can really help right now because the only model they know is to go into the regular model. Mm -hmm. But if, if there's mid-sized companies that want to grow, there are different ways that you can really lead from the heart and create things that are sustainable. And so there's a lot of hope in that as well. Hmm. Do you think that the companies right now, the ones who are top three for Google, Facebook, they are already on that path? No, they're, they're, their, their models are, are advertising and, and broadcasting. Mm -hmm. I mean, Facebook, um, it, you know, they, they're just releasing Meta as the overarching company. And, you know, the, 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 the really important place we're going to is, is humanity, not more avatars or more, you know, you know <laughs> just creating this, this dystopian society. And so mm -hmm. I... I think also they, you know, the intent, I mean, I, I have a lot of um, people I love who work in all the companies that you mentioned, because mm. I worked, I worked in tech for a long time, but I think that um, where we're headed, um, caring about people 
whether it's an employee, a customer, a person in the community will become more meaningful. And it's only going to come. Change isn't going to come from the top. Change is going to come when more of us step into our power and and make choices that are conscious. We're going towards humanity. So are you are you saying that the change is no longer a top down approach? If you want to believe it is, then it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, if you look at people, you know, building their own communities right now, building online platforms for communities, there's some amaz- amazing, amazing things coming out where people are, um, because technology connects us, like, you know, I'm in Spain and you're in India yes. and we're having this conversation. I, I love technology mm. when it's it's integrated and, and we're using it in a purposeful way. Mm. And so there's there's kind of a level um, playing field if you turn off the news, if you turn off the noise and you use the tools that you have in your disposal, which everyone has. Mm. I mean, I I worked with young people in, in the second largest slum in the world when I worked in high tech and I showed them how to use um, social tools to so nobody knew where they lived and and they could be on a, an equal level playing field. And it's so exciting to see what's possible. The, the challenge is, is that most people don't know how to do it. And so the more that we have people also in the Western world stepping into the power and saying, okay, what, what do I want to create? What do I need? And, and not doing it um, in the same old way, the more options that are going to open. And at the same time, there are big forces that are creating the metaverse. They're looking at transhumanism. Mm. I mean, if you if you look at all the, the trends and the forecasts, you know, you just get depressed. Mm. But but I don't believe that that's the way because I believe that there are many people, you know, if you just look at 7% of, of 8 billion people, that's 180 million people. Mm. That's a lot of people. Mm. Mm-hmm. We, we, we just can't find each other right now. The <laughs> fact that you mm. and you and I connected yes. is, is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to sort of uh, ex- uh, expand a bit on going towards humanity. I'll let you very important, very important and powerful line. When you talk about going towards humanity, and talking about the forces that are controlling us right now, but they're also giving us a lot as well. Uh, we're talking about Facebook. We are talking about Metaverse. We're talking about SpaceX, Tesla, Amazon, Google. These big companies that are controlling us, but they're also sort of you know, balancing it out in a way. Do you see any of them, including Elon? I think, I think, I think is a brilliant leader. They anyway going t- towards humanity or taking the company towards that? Well, first of all, they're not controlling us. Hmm. We're, we're we're giving away our power. Okay, so interesting. <laughs> mm, that's they're, interesting. They're not mm, controlling mm, us. Mm, you mm. know, we're we're. You know, the minute the minute we legitimize something, you know, like I know that, you know, sugary pop causes cancer, but I continue buying it. Mm. So, you know, it's it's the conscious choice that I make for my health or I know that, you know, they're they're using slave labor in, in, in something. And so I'm I'm perpetuating it. Nothing is is happening to us that when we're conscious, we make different choices if if we choose to. So um, we're in charge. That's why I think that it's time to step into our power because who are we giving our power? Who do we trust? And no, I don't think that 
these these iconic leaders are what we need for the future because if 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 you peel the onion and you look inside their organizations they might have amazing values up on their you know in their on their websites and stuff but are they really practicing it are they walking the top mm. Mm. Um, are are they you know i mean i i had a front a front seat to a lot of the things that are happening. And I, I learned, you know, that some things were bought and, and, you know, like, and, and so it's really interesting to look at it, but this is where humanity, our own humanity, our own questioning is the most important thing, because I'll tell you the first book I wrote, um, was about leadership and it, it's all about what we've talked so far. And it was a business book called our journey to corporate sanity. And then I sat back and I said, wait a second, people don't want to change. They're hanging on to dear life mm -hmm. because if they change at the top, <laughs> they don't know what to do. So they're hanging on to dear life. Mm -hmm. So I instead um, started to write one book, which ended up to be a, a trilogy to help individual people like me, because I wished I had those books when I started my journey to step into our power and see how wonderful we are, um, our ability to trek into the unknown and trust our so, heart. So if, if these guys are, you know, of course, you know, they are invading the space, which I totally don't sort of agree, the space tourism and everything else. If these guys are in power and they are uh, controlling us versus, you know, we are giving away the power to them, how do you see the world emerging by 2027? You have pointed out that we are going to be getting into a more conscious living. But how much of an awareness is there for people to be able to do that? It's um, it's starting. Mm. I mean, it's starting mm. again as 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 we talked about earlier. It's starting at the edges. It's 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 starting people becoming aware. And it's to me, twenty twenty two is the year of choice and discernment. People are going to start seeing that they have more and more choice. And in twenty twenty three. Um, I'm coming out with some 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 thoughts and to help people navigate through the next five years. In 2023, it's really the the year of independence. Mm. So, what does independence mean to you? <laughs> um, where where are you being controlled, and what can you control? Because, you know, it's funny. Like we used to get our food from the earth, and then all of a sudden we discovered that our food was being genetically mod modified, and somebody started the organic movement to create awareness. And, and this is how things happen. You know, this is what's going to happen with this as well, but it's not going to happen in the mainstream. If you look at it in that timeline, it's just going to continue. We're going to see transhumanism in there. We're going to see cyborgs. We're going to see artificial intelligence, but the people that are stepping out of the stories are saying, okay, artificial intelligence is not evil. How do I use and integrate artificial intelligence for things that serve humanity? And so it's the questions that we're asking. So 2027 is going to be the time where things are going to start shifting. It's not going to be like a, like a, you know, like a film where you just snap your fingers and here we are, but the shifts are starting to happen. We're going to see more and more people, um, leaving, uh, traditional jobs. We already see a shortage of, of talented people. And the funny thing is that's happening is we're seeing the shortage mm. in the jobs that we valued the least. <laughs> and so the shifts are happening. It's just, if you mm. tune in 24 seven to the media, you won't find them. But if you go to the edges, 
if you talk to people, if you start asking yourself questions, you'll see what's possible. And my question to you, back to you mm -hmm. is, what world do you want to live in in 2027? Mm -hmm. I don't want to live in a world of heroes and villains and victims. That's, that story is, mm -hmm. is, is yeah. oh, you know, doesn't excite me. <laughs> what excites me is listening about young filmmakers and young artists and people who have retired, who are doing incredible things in the world and, and realizing that they don't want to go retire and, and, you know, sit in a home or mm -hmm. whatever, but they're using their skills to, to connect. Um, this is the first time mm -hmm. in human history wow. that we have six generations on the yes. planet side by side. So exciting. Awesome. Awesome. What is, the world that you want to live that you want to live in 2027 oh i want to live in in a heart-centered world where mm -hmm. we can practice radical honesty and mm -hmm. and just show up as uh, know who we are not not based on like i worked here or i'm this or i'm that but like what you care about i want to connect with people who are creating um and and i'm working on a platform right now to for for the seven percent of the population as a way for us to find each other and be able to create together um and and so that's the world i want to live in in 2027 i want my platform to be and to be our platform and to be live and for us to be able to talk about creation you know we spend so much time talking about life and our opportunity is to live Wow. I let a couple of things that you would see by 2027 changing. Uh, if you would like to sort of predict in terms of tech or in terms of, you know, the, the world right now, uh, you know, being controlled by social media, uh, our information getting from social media. Do you think that's healthy? Do you foresee that changing? A couple of things offhand, whatever comes to you. Yeah, I think I think what we're seeing is is part of it is physical. More people are wanting to live in physical communities mm. and are moving to different places and creating commons or communities. And there are platforms right now, um, online platforms that are being built, um, and some are going to be launched even um, in 2022 that connect people um, that care about each other that are growing their own food that are learning um, in different ways. And so we're going to see, because right now, a lot of this over the next five years, we're planting, it's like a garden. We're planting a lot of seeds, whether it's in regenerative agriculture, whether it's in education, whether it's in technology, there's a lot of shifts that are happening. Um, and we are starting to understand that the way forward is not through outrage. It's not through all these societal conditioning that we have. And as I, I foresee that 7% really um, growing, um, I haven't given much thought. I'd have to come back and tell you to, to what it is, but I, I already see it growing because I, I, I see the shifts that are happening. You know, we, so many people are predicting the future of work and we don't know what work is anymore. Like, are you and I working right now? Is everybody <laughs> who's listening to the podcast working? Mm. Um, you know, what does work mean? And so we have this opportunity to play. So I think one of the things that we're going to see is, is more play, people demanding more fun, people looking at how can I lead a healthy life? What does that mean for me? 
what am I consuming? And I think we have so much technology that's available to us that we don't even know about right now that when we take a holistic look at it, especially when we look at hollow chain and things that are coming down the line, um, not getting seduced by what it is, but really looking at it from a human perspective, we can build all these systems that serve us and create um, living systems and living machines, not systems of misery. Mm -hmm. How can we amplify the coming together of these people who actually believe, as you call it, like my tribe, in what you're saying? How do we find them? How do we get them together? Well, that's what I'm working on right now. Mm. So the platform. I'm working on, um, yeah, I'm working on creating a platform for heart-centered people. Mm -hmm to promote the flourishing of our life and and be able to come in be who you are and and find other creators or other people that care about what you care about in the world and um i'm doing it in a very different way it's kind of funny because i come from technology and when i worked in tech i i built for the company i worked in 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 the late 90s, I built a daily portal when there was no portal technology with my IT team and also oh. the first online community within the company in, in, in the late 90s. And, and so this time I'm not leading with technology. I'm working with people. We're having dialogues. We're seeing what works, what doesn't work. I just um, finished a eight-week uh, conscious contract. There's so much exciting things happening in the le legal field right now. Um, there's so many people um, looking at self-management. And so I'm taking the time to build this platform with a number of, of, of pioneers, but from a human perspective and not leading with technology. So. You know, in the old days, um, before I jumped into this new timeline, I would have jumped straight into the technology. But today I know mm -hmm. it's about the human dynamics that need to take place. And so I think people just need to reach out and have conversations. And, and you know, we could start doing it by looking at the relationships we have in our lives and, and finding each other. I'm, I'm trying to do it by, you know, I just um, a couple of weeks ago launched a daily um, a daily blog, which is crazy, you know, to blog every day, but I'm hoping that it'll, it'll reach, um, more and more people that could take, dif make different choices in, in our lives. And I'm ready to also, um, create more of a, um, I, 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 I'm not calling it a podcast, but I'd love to find people who are creating things and amplify their voice like you're doing. So we're doing it already. Like you're doing it. Yeah, sure. And, <laughs> and how do, how do people get to your blog? Would you like to sort of, uh, name it so people can find you? There? Sure. It's, it's, um, it's radical trekking.com radical trekking.com. And of course people can also find you on islet.baron.com your website. Yes. Yes. And I just want to say that, what I love is I met this wonderful man, uh, Jose Leal, and he has a company um, that he's part of called Radical Purpose. And he taught me that radical means the root of everything. And I think that's where we're going is understanding the source of everything, wow. mm -hmm. the source, the source of your beliefs, where your food comes, where your thoughts come from. And so the radical trekking isn't about like a rebellion. Mm. <laughs> it's about getting to the root of everything. Wow, that's beautiful. Source of all beliefs. That's 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 beautiful. Alad, tell me a, a couple of emotional impacts that you would like to leave in the world. 
Oh, anytime somebody tells me that something helped them become more conscious or make a different decision or know that they're not alone Mm -hmm. just fills my heart. And the more of us that lead with the heart, you just feel it, you know it. There's no pretense. And understanding, you know, I'd love to see a world where we're getting together and, and creating fun moments and, and play, not not like talking about how, you know, dramas and thrillers. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, our entertainment and our films being not about serial killers and, <laughs> and, and, and murderers. And, and, you know, so the emotional piece for me is like, let's, let's focus on the opportunities. You know, a big part of my work is the last century was, was very dominated by let's go solve problems. And even the UN has the, you know, solving humanity's biggest problems, which I don't believe in, because I think that any time that we come into a problem, we need to sit with our problem and say, what's the opportunity here? Mm. And so imagine if we focused on humanity's biggest opportunities. Mm, that's beautiful sit with the problem and say what is the opportunity here lovely Islet Baron thank you so much for your time uh, from your holiday time if I'm not wrong from Spain no 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 (laughs) no holiday this is my life (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) that's lovely I wish everyone this kind of life where you can sit in front of the sea and you can do your work and you can also do your podcast (laughs) thanks thanks, Islet Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, I wish you well. And thank you for spreading the word. I really, really appreciate it. You're doing amazing work in the world. And I'm grateful. Sure, sure. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on my podcast and sharing So the future is this, the changes are coming from the edges. The future is this, that we are becoming lifeaholics. The future is this, that we have started to define making a life rather than making a living. And the future is this, that we are going to lead from the heart. I hope we are able to find our humanity and move towards that. What a great episode. Absolutely loved it. I hope you guys loved it too. Find us on our Twitter and Insta handles of Metaphysical Lab. You can find me on my LinkedIn handle. Take care guys. Have a great weekend.